Welcome to Neighbor Up Spotlight. I'm Carol Malone, your host. Thank you for joining us today. Neighbor Up Spotlight is sponsored by Neighborhood Connections and the City of Cleveland Cable Television Equity in the Arts Fund. Neighbor Up Spotlight showcases citizens making positive contributions to their neighborhood in our city. My guest today is Ms. Whitney Johnson, children's librarian with the Cleveland Public Library, Harvey Rice Branch. Growing up in Lyndhurst, Ohio, she attended Southley Elementary School, Greenview Middle School, and Memorial Junior High School, where she participated in multiple choirs, played in the symphonic and marching band, participated in art classes, theater, and sports, throwing the shot put and discus. Upon graduating from Charles F. Bush High School, she went on to Wright State University, receiving a Bachelor of Arts degree in Mass Communications, and from Kent State University, a Master of Library and Information Science. Mentor, literacy advocate, community engagement activist. Ms. Johnson's sincere and enthusiastic commitment to provide informative and exciting children's youth and family activities at the Harvey Rice Library have been well-received and supported by the residents. Ms. Johnson resides in the quaint community of Willoughby Hills. She is a Neighborhood Connections grant recipient and a member of the Neighbor Up Network. Welcome to Neighbor Up Spotlight. Thank you for visiting with us today. I am honored to speak with you. <laughs> Thank you. That was wonderful. <laughs> You're welcome. Most of my guests never know what their introduction is going to be. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> Listen, we have so much to talk about, and let's get started. So who or what inspired you to become a librarian? Yeah, so when I started at the library, I was something called a substitute. So very similar to like a substitute teacher, you go from branch to branch, and you're able to see a lot of different things, and essentially you're just there to fill in. So while I was doing that, I was able to see the differences of the neighborhoods, the communities, the different libraries, and I was able to meet a lot of the staff. And so seeing what they were able to do, seeing the kids happy and singing, yeah. and screaming for their story times, and just <laughs> seeing some of the programs and things that people are like, oh, yeah, Whitney, I made that. Oh, yeah, Whitney, I did that. I'm like, really? This is this is what you guys do here at the library? And I I absolutely love that. So specifically, there was a nice amount of people who inspired me. They encouraged me. They supported me. They gave me like the nitty gritty, like Whitney, this is how it's going to be. And right. so I, I definitely re really appreciate those people who were able to talk with me. That was a nice amount of people. I don't know if I should just go ahead and start listening to you <laughs> off because I thought about it when I was yeah. getting prepared. I'm like, there was a lot of people who helped me. Who gave you, yeah, who yeah. supported you. Yes. But if you want to give a couple shout-outs, you can. Absolutely. You can, you can, give, a, you can shout, give a shout-out okay. or two. Okay. <laughs> right. Erica Marks, Adela Santana, mm -hmm. Kristen Smith, Amia Hudson, Caroline Peak, And then there was just all the other nudges and people in between that were like, Whitney, you should go for it. Whitney, you can do this. Whitney, this is what I do. And definitely hearing some people like, Express how they were happy with what they were doing, yeah. looking like they were having fun. And then I was able to see just like on many different scales, it's extremely meaningful what's going on. So you're able to have fun and you can help these kids learn to read or support their reading. Right. You can help these families, you know, feel supported with in like embedding literacy with their kids. I, I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, it's, I mean, the the library is very important. Yeah. And so what is library science and information, and what does a children's librarian do? 
So library and information science is generally the study of information. It is the study of history, preservation, stories, and then learning how to classify, organize, and share that information. Now, what a librarian does, I definitely would say that that has a lot of range because it depends on what library you're in. But for me, it is a, like, um, pairing of three different things, I would say. Number one um, the push for literacy. So making sure that kids, families have the access to books that are going to help them learn, help them improve their reading, help with their confidence, uh, interest them. It's going to inspire their creativity. And then, you know, solely some of them is just to entertain. We got pop-up yeah. books. We have all types of stuff. I always loved a pop-up book. Me too. <laughs> I love a pop-up book. They're I getting did. good. I'm yeah, like, I love a pop-up book. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and the kids love that too. And yeah. that's, you know, some People might be like, oh, it's a pop-up book. That might not be the best for them to read. No, that's exactly a great place to get them started because whatever kids are interested in, they'll start to gravitate. And then they're starting to look into it. Then they're like, okay, I see R. Isn't that an R? Yes. Yes, it is. So that's one of the things that I feel like it's it's super exciting to build kind of that collection because you start to realize what people are really, really interested in. Right, right. now, there's a hot thing going on with fire trucks. So I'm like, really? yep, here we go. Okay. For the toddlers and the okay. youngins that come in, they want to know about fire trucks. They want to know about firemen. They want to know about that, you know, shiny red truck. So I'm like, yeah. all right. Then the other part of it is story time. So making sure that you're able to provide that structure of literacy through song, through the story and then even like the kids there's so many questions that are asked and making sure they kind of understand like this is how a story goes right this happens then this happens then this happened and it's very interesting just as you watch the kids as like their minds are like so basically that that character they're not happy no Ah. and understanding emotion so that's something that i really love about story time and um The last thing that I feel like I do, besides just like, you know, general customer service, helping people find things is programming. And that's one of my one of my favorite parts of it, because it's so there's so much you can do with that. If the kids want to do science, we can do science. If the kids want to do, you know, a book club, you can do a book club. If the kids are interested in Bluey or manga or they're, you know, whatever it is that they're into, we can create a program around it and like. I love the fact that, too, it allows kids and families to have fun at the library because the more fun I feel like they're having, the more they're able to associate a positive experience with the library. And that grows a lot. That's very, very true. I love the library. Harvey Rush Library has great support from the community. I've been there many, many times. So why are libraries important? For all communities, because right now, you know, we've got this whole thing happening in the country politically where some people are trying to tell people what they should read. (laughs) So why are libraries important for every neighborhood? Definitely. So libraries allow access to lots of history. They allow access to life's problems. They allow access to things that you might not have known were written in a book right and so you're able to see all of that for free right you're able if you don't want to check it out don't check it out you can read it there you can cross compare you can get whatever it is that you need that's important to you and we'll make sure we get it there if we don't own it we'll get it from someplace else and the thing about is that each community each neighborhood is different so what might be important to this neighborhood might not be important to that neighborhood but 
at your local library, they're able to hone in on what's important. So my hope is that a nice amount of patients, they understand like if, hey, if you guys want a lot of, you know, A, B, and C, you let your people at the library know, we'll get it. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get it. Which which goes on to my next question. Tell us about the importance of books in our society. Because, you know, Mm. there's always been a lot of banned books. Every year the Cleveland Public Library does um, um, something around banned books. And so now we've got even more... um, hysteria, if you will, mm-hmm. <laughs> around what people want people to read or not read. Yeah. So tell us why books are definitely important for our society. Again, it's that access. You know, I get it where it's like, you know what, this may be um, inappropriate or this may be challenging or this may be, you know, countercultural. But it's one of those things that we still have to be able to think. We still have to be able to process certain ideals for ourselves and having the access to see difference of opinions, having the access to see like, whoa, that's weird. Even if it's just from a historic standpoint, right. this is what was going on here. See the words, see the mindset, see the mentality and understand that that was five years ago, 10 years ago, last year, you know, so. Right. That that access is super important, and I get it. You know, there there is a nice amount going on with that. But I know, you know, later on we'll talk about this. Some of the books that I read as a child, some of those are banned. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I do understand it creates a lot of extra conversations, you know, but there's a nice amount of things I feel like in life that it's it's time to talk about. Yeah, and I'm really glad that people are standing up to, mm-hmm. you know, the element that's trying to, uh, edit what people can read and and uh, yeah. take books off the shelf. I'm glad people are speaking up. Me too. So why should families create their own home libraries? Because I think that's really important. We always had a library at our house. My father loved to read. My mother loved to read. My father, my mother was an educator. So we always had lots of books. I have lots of books in my house now. So why is it important for families to have a home library? That exact reason that you just mentioned. Yeah. So Families, specifically when you have your little people in the house, they are watching and repeating what you do. So if you are wondering why maybe your child is not reading, if you're wondering why, like, you know, your child doesn't have a love for books, they may not see it in the house. They never see you read. And so when you have something like that in the house, your home library, you're able to show your children, even without saying a word, this is something that's important. This is something that has value. When they see you reading even if they fight it, even if they're going against it, it instills that idea of, you know, that's something that my mom did. And I love my mom. Yeah. Maybe I should start picking up a book. Or, you know, my grandfather was one of the smartest men that I knew. He always used to read that black and white book. I think I might read that. Yeah. And sometimes it takes time. But having those books in the home, it shows the value of it. And then especially, number one, like for myself, I have a nice amount of books yeah. in the house. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> and so there's things sometimes you got to refer back to. There's yes. things where it's like, you know what? I know I read that last year. I need to read that again. Again, you do have your local library, but there's some books, especially um, that change your life. You need to highlight. Yes. You need to add tabs. You need to really work with the pages in that book to do whatever you're trying to do in life. So kids are able to see what we have in the house. If you value certain things, whether we stress the importance of it or not, they see that. 
That's very true. Yeah. Yeah, because my dad used to read every... My father would start mm -hmm. a book. I, have his book. I have his book collection. Yeah. He would start a book on Saturday morning and finish it Saturday evening. I watched him do that. My mother read. My mother was a Cleveland public school teacher. Okay. And, uh, but she, before that, she was a, had a beauty salon in the Glenville neighborhood from 47 oh. to 57. And my mother read all the time, read the newspaper all the time. So it is very important yeah. to um, have a home library. Oh, yeah. So now, as a child, what books did you enjoy? So when I was very little, my grandmother would read the book Corduroy okay. to me. And I loved that book. And, of course, now when I'll read it at the library, I can better understand the story. Mm. You know, essentially the stuffed animal, he just wanted a friend. And yeah. just because he didn't have a button, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't mean that he's not good enough to have a friend. Because the girl that ended up buying the bear, you know, he lived at the department store. She just popped a button on him. You know, <laughs> he's looking for a friend. She's looking for a friend. And so now it's I love that book. But. Again, since we own that book, we read it again and again yeah. and again. We get that repetition in there. And when I got, I was like in fifth grade, everybody was reading Harry Potter. And I'm yeah. like, I'm not reading that thick book. <laughs> <laughs> and, but yeah. it was so popular. And Yeah, because J.K. Rowling changed the children's book game. <sighs> she changed the game. Big time. I'm nine years old reading a five six hundred page book yeah, I, yeah. I loved it yeah. I absolutely adored it and so I realized that um, just having something that kids can be you know kind of lost in I, I loved fiction as a child but it keeps you reading it keeps you going and then next thing you know you know I feel like one of the books is almost a thousand pages yeah. it keeps that literacy going because you love what you're reading I know before I used to read makeup books I couldn't really understand them but I would just look at the pictures mm -hmm. and then eventually I was able to read like okay this technique this information oh, okay oh I thought Bobby Brown was a music artist oh she's a makeup, <laughs> makeup artist. artist right yeah right. and so right. you know just just yeah. having access to them but yeah, yeah I used yeah. to love books just things I was interested in yeah. cookbooks um, but yeah definitely Harry Potter really started thing and another book once we got into high school I read me and my mom and it was like assigned reading but it was called the giver and i love that book because it was essentially about like a utopia but yeah. when i realized the book had a lot of understanding about like revealing truth mm -hmm. seeing things for how they actually are versus how like maybe society or our utopia paints it as and just i don't know kind of having to push through that so you know i was young when i was reading i was like wow this was this was really impactful yeah. so I, I was I, glad when i was a kid i loved um uh Paddington the Bear. Oh. <laughs> that was my Paddington the Bear. <laughs> and you could go to Woolworths and you could buy the Charlie Brown books. Oh. And I think they were 10 cents. I wish I saved them now because they're probably worth <laughs> so much. Yes. Right? And then uh, the first serious book that I read was I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings. Oh. I remember that. But yeah, Paddington the Bear was one. Get you started. <laughs> yes. So why? what are some of the activities for children and families at the library? And what are some of your community outreach activities? Yes. So... Um, like the smaller programs or that we'll have are things like in-house story time, zero to three, read, well, not read me, play with me. We will have young scholars. We will have, um, we've had adult book clubs. We've had bracelet making, paint parties. We've had the Great Lakes Science Center do a nice amount of programs, big and small. And then we'll have like our bigger programs. So 
Most recently, we had something called Frosted at Rice. So we had live reindeer. Kids were oh, taking nice. pictures. Yes, we had. Um, we were able to get some toys donated to the library. And so we had our Cleveland police pass them out. We had hot cocoa. They were doing cookie decorating. Just something to celebrate. It's been a nice year for a nice amount of the kids you know you're in that growing stage you know you're you're in the seventh grade you're just trying to figure it out so it's just time to celebrate have again some fun relax so that was like 150 people nice yeah and so um earlier this year we had a community mural painting so we had this huge we have this huge wall in the children's area and so many people from the community came out, kids, family members, the principal from Harvey Rice. The project was led by Mac Love, and it was funded by John Carroll University. Nice. Yeah. So it's like it was so many people throughout the entire day. My mom came, some of my coworkers, their kids came, and when I look at it, you're able to see like, oh, I remember that little kid drew that, or that's my little square that I drew, and essentially Mac made it to where it's like a map. And so even now, the kids are able to come in, look, and if they don't see like, oh, you know, that's where me and my family, we painted, they look for their street, they Mm -hmm. look to see where their school is, they look to see where their library is. So that was a fantastic project. But that was like one of our bigger programs. And, you know, we've had a nice amount of the bigger ones. But like, for example, this week coming up tomorrow, we have a program with the Greater Cleveland Food Bank, and it's supposed to help kids get on the healthy track with eating. It's the start of the start of the new year. And so um, Vail Scott is going to be leading those. And she's fantastic. Yeah, Miss Scott is wonderful. Oh, you know her. Oh, yeah. I've known Miss Scott for a long time. I went to school with her daughter. Really? um, Her son, you know, because her son was uh, the, uh, uh, I think he wrote... The movie Barbershop. No way. Yeah, yeah that's Miss Scott's son. I didn't know that. Yeah, and her husband, Mr. Scott, they used to own a, 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 God, a I forgot the name of their, their uh, Vell's Party Center. Really? Yeah, for uh, decades. Yeah, they've been, they've been, uh, 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 Great community people and business owners, and and you know she has also a a, a house where she grows food and stuff uh, off of Fairhill. Yeah, so Miss Scott's been doing stuff for a really, really long she time. She is a busy woman. Yes, she is. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, well, we have a great time together. Yeah, we her sure husband do. was even a pro bowler too. Really? Yeah, they have great, great history. Great, great, great. History. The lives we live. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I need to talk to her about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how many residents visit the library yearly? Oh. Well, particularly, how many come to Harvey Rice and just just overall? So I don't have the particulars for Harvey Rice. But? But for the library, it's around 2 million. Wow. Yes. That's a lot of people. Yes. Yeah. We have a really active branch. We are right by Harvey Rice. Yeah. K through 8. We share a parking lot. Right behind that is Intergenerational. K through eight, then a few moments up the street is Sunbeam. So you have a nice amount. Yeah, of, Harvey Rice does have a really yes. good support. I mean, yes. you really do, really, really. We um, do. And well, I guess this goes to the question: like, what kind of feedback do you get? I think we already talked about. You get tremendous feedback for the services that oh, you provide yeah. from the. But what kinds of things do people like come up to you and say? Honestly, the kids, they make it very clear. Um, Since, you know, I work in the children's area, they make it very clear. When they like something, I know it. When they do not like something, (laughs) (laughs) I definitely know Know it. it. And, you know, they're just, they're... 
They're very opinionated about what they like. Um, well, you know, well, why can't we play basketball here? When you guys got to open a pool? I'm like, a pool? <laughs> <laughs> so it lets me know, though, some of the things right. that they might be interested in. And right. while we might not be able to do certain things, it still, you know, gets those like, okay, thoughts going on. How can we kind of infuse their maybe need of activity or, oh, well, we read this about, you know, this person. Okay, well, maybe you guys are interested in that. And then again, that allows me to go and be like, maybe we need to have some kind of program around that. Yeah. 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 So now what advice do you have for students who are interested in becoming a librarian? I would definitely say to go for it. Yeah. It's something that I didn't know 100% until I went to a job fair at CSU, and that's when I applied for the library. But like I said, until I got in there, I was like, I I didn't really know 100% what a librarian did. I knew that it was story time because I went to the library when I was a child. But after that, there's so many different things. So my advice would be to go to different libraries if you can, talk to your librarian if you have access to one, and then um, also realize like libraries are a lot of places. There's medical libraries. You know, you can be a librarian yes. at Cleveland Clinic. There's yeah. law librarians. I remember one of my managers. You forget about that, right? You do. Yeah, yeah you forget about that. There so are many places. So many different types of libraries. Yes. yes. My, one of my managers told me that she used to be a librarian for Toyota. Wow. I'm like... Oh. I didn't even know that. So there's a lot of interesting stuff. And it just depends on what do you like to do? If you love law, that makes sense to want to be, you know, a law library. If you love communities, if you love kids, you know, if you love pop culture, if you love the, you know, world of medicine, you can go from there based on what you're interested in. And it's easier to go ahead and help people find what they're looking for or advocate for certain things if you, too, love what you're advocating for. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah. Now, what advice do you have for parents and caregivers to encourage children to read more? Yeah, so similarly to like we were talking about with the pop-up books, kids are attracted to what they're attracted to. So I get it. Sometimes kids are like, well, I don't want my kid reading all those things with pictures or I don't want my kid to read pop-up books. And not that they don't want them to read, but it's like you don't want your child maybe to get stuck there because you feel like it might not challenge them or keep the you know ball moving. But you can definitely see with a nice amount of kids when they are interested in something, they will read it. They will push themselves. They will challenge themselves. I really didn't, you know, the makeup books that I used to buy at the Scholastic Book Sale, they were a little bit, you know, over my reading level in, in you know, in so many words. But since I enjoyed the cosmetic aspects, I kind of pushed myself to go through it. Right. I'm watching kids that, um, you know, maybe they're building their reading skills up. But when they have something, and again, that's why I feel like having the covers out, and I'm sure a nice amount of people will talk about that. Kids are drawn to that. And then it's like, oh, it's Pete the Cat. I might not be on this level, but I'm going to kind of push my way through it because I love Pete the Cat. I love Bluey. I love, you know, fire (laughs) trucks. So they'll kind of go ahead and challenge themselves because it's something that they're interested to. And just like we said, having that home library, taking your kids to the library, taking them to the bookstore. And then one of the biggest things for parents when kids see you read absolutely when kids see you on your phone when kids see you eat an apple when kids see you that is what um a nice amount of kids even if they don't do it immediately they're taking that in so kids when we see our parents read i saw my mom read you're taking that in and you are going to go ahead and you know 
figure that out yourself. So making sure your kids have access, making sure they have, you know, the variety of books and stuff that it's like, okay, I might not have been reading on a certain level because I I was bored with what we were reading. But now that we're reading something exciting and then for a nice amount of parents, maybe read something with them. You know, we have that at the library where it's like, you know, you can get you a copy, get your child a copy and you guys can read it together. Yeah. You know, so there's there's so many there's so many things. But I would definitely say just keep going and just keep having the access to the books. And you'd be surprised at some of the things that your kids are interested in. Yeah. When my mom taught school, she because I, I still have all my mom's stuff that uh, when she taught school, her lesson plans, the letters from kids and parents and stuff. I still mm-hmm. have all that stuff. And so my mom would have uh, kids read at night at home with their parents, maybe 15, 20 minutes, mm-hmm. and the parents would send back a note that my child read with me, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And that's what I tell people now, you know, just yes. just read a little bit because, you know, your brain is a... I used to tell my students all the time, I said, what's the most important computer in the world? And they would think, and I said, your brain. Because <laughs> you got to program your brain. So yes. you take a few minutes every day to read, take 10, 15 minutes, you'd be surprised what you get stored up. In your brain computer. Literally. Just take a few minutes every day. Literally. And even as you get older, still continue to read every day and, and uh, stay up on what's happening in current. Yes. Yeah. Stay up what's happening in current news. I used yeah. to love current news in school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you would talk about what's going on. You'd take a little article and maybe the teacher would ask you to write a paragraph about it or something. Oh, that's true. You know. So, um, how did the Neighborhood Connections grant help support the programs at the library? The grant helped so much. I literally brought in a list, though, because I feel like the programs that I thought, okay, we'll do this, this, and this, we were able to do so much. I'm so glad to hear that. With the grant. So we were able to have, for example, we had a drum circle with Olu Mans. We had an etiquette class. Oh, nice. We had even all the way down, most recently, like I said, the Frosted at Rice program. Some of the stuff I was like, wow, this is really expensive. And again, the library has a budget. You know, yes. you know, we got to, you know, and then you got to share between different realms of the branch, adult programs and things and other things that we may need at the library or are doing. So, you know, you got to be focused with that. But I just feel like I, I don't know. I really want to do something big with, you know, our grants and we did the garden. Mm-hmm. Now it's an indoor garden. Every, nice. literally almost every single program that we have had has been supported in some way by the grant. And so, for example, I say that because like we have so many kids and families that will come in having maybe if you have a budget and it's not as um, grand, that could support, you know, maybe some libraries. But if you have 150 people, yeah. if you have, you know, multiple sessions of the Great Lakes Science Center that you're trying to get to so kids don't feel slighted. You're running out of money quickly. And so the grant was able to allow us to have these different types of programs. We had the Children's Museum come in. We were able to go ahead and fund those and then have the additional things to support that. I do a special needs um, story time at Sunbeam. And so... One day we're in mid story time and our bubble machine breaks. Oh. And so, you know, we had bought though a bubble the bubble machine. I do though. love a good bubble machine. So does everybody else. <laughs> I do too. So does I everybody do. else. I love it. The kids I'm love right. it. And I just saw the look on their faces though when it was like the bubble machine's not working. I'm, like, I'm sorry, I'm so embarrassed. But luckily, yeah. um, Earlier in the year, we had bought a bubble machine for one of the programs, and I was like, 
oh, thank God. Because I'm <laughs> like, you know, it's just kids are looking forward to yeah. certain stuff. And <sighs> those bubbles were something where they were like, really, Miss Whitney? <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry. But yeah, our bubble machine had went down. And mm-hmm. so just indirectly, mm-hmm. it was able to support story time, something that I didn't even plan mm-hmm. for. But it helped in January. Then it helped in February. Then it helped throughout the summer and all the way to the last drop. Mm-hmm. When we were doing that frosted program, I I don't know how we would have had, um, you know, the funds to support so many kids coming in. That's a lot of cookies. Yeah, that's a lot of just snacks and cookies. And okay, we need paper, and then we need paper plates. There's so much stuff that you're probably not even thinking about that goes into it. Just so it's like you're not running out. Yes. So that well, it helped tremendously. Well, I'm really glad to hear that too. Yeah, very good. And I'm also too big on in kind support. So yeah. don't be afraid to reach out to people in the community who can give you something for free. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge, huge in kind support lady. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of one of my specialties. I need to be because better people, at that. Yeah, people be writing off. Hey, well after this, we'll we can talk about. it. I'll show you. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, because a lot there's a lot of great in kind support out there, and people don't know until you like reach out and let them know what it is what it is that you need that's true so you enjoy cooking and reading what is your favorite dish to prepare and what is one of your favorite books and what do you read now okay (laughs) that's a lot it is um so first question was um your favorite dish to prepare my favorite dish i would say i love to prepare pasta okay all types of pasta and i love to prepare when it's time to entertain. So if I have a loved one coming over, it's Christmas Eve. I love that entire element. So if it's, you know, we're having loaded baked potato, we're having, you know, dill, some kind of dill potatoes, or we're having asparagus, we're having steak or some kind of delicious salmon, whatever it is that I feel like the family is like, oh, you know, I'd, I'd really like if we had that. Yeah. That, I love that. I don't yeah. know why it's almost like cooking on assignment where it's yeah. like, oh, we're doing, you guys want a brunch? Okay, absolutely. So we're going to have to have these stuffed, you know, Belgian yeah. waffles, so things yeah. like that. I just love. There's honestly nothing that I'm just like. Mm, I'm not really a big fan of that. I just, I just enjoy the act yeah, of cooking. I, I love to cook too. Yeah. It's very relaxing for it me. Is. Lately, I've been on this freestyling um, vegetable soup I've been making. Ah. Yeah, my base is uh, uh, zucchini, squash, mushrooms, purple onion, white onion, carrots, okra. Ah. And um uh, and I save my and I'll cook my collard greens over the holiday between Christmas, Thanksgiving and Christmas. I'm doing a whole lot of cooking. <laughs> but but uh, Christmas I did the collard greens and cabbage together. So okay. I save my pot liquor and you can ah. freeze it. So I use my pot liquor as a basis for soups and cooking beans. That's a great idea. Yes, yeah, so I've been use, I've been I've been on the soup vegetable soup kit and my pot liquor is the base. So I'll saute all the vegetables, yeah. then put in the pot liquor, let it cook, and then, it's re- and then I, like I said, I'm freestyling, so I just made some the other night, yeah. and I added some ginger and cinnamon to it. Mm. Oh, man, it's, it, as we say, it's stupid good. I bet, I bet it <laughs> was. Stupid good. Right. I love ginger. Yeah, yeah I just was... got a juicer. Everything's eating juice right, right now. Right. This, that, put in a juicer. Right, right. Oh, I love yeah, that. That's good. Now, what is, what, is, what is one of your favorite books? Oh, one of my favorite, I mean... <sighs> that's a really, really hard question. Yeah, because yeah, I know you got like it. I mean, I guess I'm gonna. I technically, I guess I could say it was the Harry Potter series because okay. that that changed the game for me. Yeah, you know, again, that's one of the banned books. Yeah, you know, I, and I, I understand. I, really, mm-hmm. Harry, oh, okay. 
All right, that's nuts. I get it. I do understand now that I'm older. I do yeah. understand. But, yeah. you know, I'm still going to say, like, you know, when I was nine, when yeah. I was reading it, I was like, I enjoyed it. So, yeah. but I do understand and I do get it. But that, I don't know, that just changed the game for me. I loved awesome. that book. So, are you reading anything right now? Right now, I just got my book in. It is called, well, I got a nice amount of books in. <laughs> it's called... Um, the Blue Zone Challenge, mm-hmm. and it's just basically a book about people that are living life really long to about 100, and it's so, oh, nice. yeah, it's showing about, like, you know, well, they do this in Greece, they do this in Italy, they do this in, you know, Okinawa, Japan, and it shows you some of the similarities, and it shows you some of the differences, and I just started the book, and then it has a cookbook, and then I got all these other different books that kind of go along with it, but it just shows, like, how, you know, certain, like, Things like gardening, having a friend, eating certain food, it increases your life, your quality of life. And you're literally able to take the things that people are doing that's, you know, you can see it's working for them and apply it. I love to garden. So when I saw certain things, that's what sparked my interest. I'm like, wait, really interesting. But you see the things that are similar. and You're like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. sense so it's very it's very interesting and these places are like worlds apart but wow yeah you but see that sounds that sounds very yeah, interesting it's yeah. interesting and what's the name of that book again the, it's the called blue, the, blue? the blue zone challenge and i think this book though is like if you are interested in the lifestyle um again i'm in the very beginning where it's breaking down the different places but mm-hmm. if you're interested in the lifestyle it shows you how maybe you know for 30 days or 90 days or for a lifestyle here's some things that you can do i see they have the part where it's like you can go to like a website and stuff like mm-hmm. that but I saw that they had a cookbook, and so I have so many cookbooks at my desk. <laughs> you know, people, when you're going to read these, I am reading them one at a time, just a little second, because, you know, you it's the start of the year. You want right, to be right. ready to cook some different stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I saw that they had a cookbook, and then they saw I had the, the challenge book, and I was like, wow. That sounds awesome. It's it's that very interesting. Great. Well, f- I, I, when I prepare for these conversations, mm. uh, over the holiday, my daughter's friend, Yasmin, and I'm her surrogate aunt, and her mm. beautiful daughter, Nova, they gave me the Nina Simone book. It's such a pretty book. And so her daughter well, passed by a little free library, and she said, Mommy, I want that pink book. Mm. And so when she grabbed the pull the book down, it was the Nina Simone book. Mm. And so she gave me the book for uh, Chris. It's a really, really great book. And then I read um, uh, Bass Reeves, mm-hmm. uh, the Lawman book. Mm. And of course, you know, that's a series on Paramount Plus right now, mm. which is really, really, really good. Oh, yeah. So they're really two really great children's books. Mm. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed reading them a lot. So now, how can people contact you for literary and library support, community engagement outreach, mentorship, and book you for speaking engagements? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. You can call Cleveland Public Library, Harvey Rice. The number is 216-623-7046. You can call and um, the library's email is on there. It's like cpl dash rice at cpl.org i'm also on instagram at whitney j so j is spelled j a y underscore okay but yeah you know i definitely say like when you call the library someone's always going to answer and i'm there pretty much every day that's wonderful yeah and also too i've got to add this because like i said when i'm doing my research and stuff i i come across things so i just got to share about harvey rice oh yeah so harvey rice he was a lawyer democratic state legislator poet author he was the co-founder of the plain dealer And um, I mean, they renamed it the Plain Dealer in 1842. In 1830, he was elected to the Ohio House of Representatives, and he enabled, he established the public school system 
in Ohio and by raising $150 from the sale of public land. And in 1851, he was elected to the Ohio Senate and was responsible for the introduction and the passage of laws to recognize public school systems of Ohio and establish the system of public libraries. So I just thought that was just such incredible history. (laughs) That is incredible history. History. I thought that was incredible history, and I just wanted to share that with our listening audience. I love it. (laughs) Well, I want to thank my guest, Miss Whitney Johnson, for visiting with us today. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. I enjoyed it as well. Thank you so much. I would like to leave our audience with a favorite quote often used by my guest. A child's life is like a piece of paper on which... Every person leaves a mark. I would like to thank our audience for stopping by today. We appreciate your support. Please join us again as we continue our conversation with Clevelanders who are making positive contributions to their neighborhoods in our city. Visit Neighborhood Connections website to see all of our community engagement activities and opportunities. If you have a great idea and want to do something positive for your community, contact Neighborhood Connections at 216-361-0042 or send us an email at www.neighborhoodgrants.org and like us on Facebook. Stay informed, stay involved, stay connected. I'm Carol Malone, your host. Thank you for joining me today on Neighbor Up Spotlight. Neighbor Spotlight is sponsored by Neighborhood Connections and the City of Cleveland Cable Television Equity in the Arts Fund. In association with Bad Racket Recording Studios, executive producer, creator, writer, host, Carol Malone, co-producer, Lila Mills, engineer, James Cannanon, graphic artist, Kadrian Hinton, production associate, John Ingram. We're just a homemade, handmade podcast from scratch. Please share our positive stories with your neighbors, friends, and family, and on your social media. Thank you for listening, and neighbor up. <laughs>